Hello, everyone, and thank you for coming back to listen to Unlimited Boundaries, Officer B, with your host, Lester Bailey. I love being able to tell you some stories and experiences that I've had while I was a police officer, and it's amazing to me that I'm getting so many of you all that are listening. One of the greatest things about being a police officer is that it's the most boringest job that you could ever have. And you ask me, why do I say that's one of the most interesting things and best things? If a police officer is bored, that means there is not crime happening on the street. That means people are living everyday normal lives and they are so happy to live their lives. But there are times that things change. And when they change, oh, it's not for the good. There were days that I was working the tag team. And it was a tag team, which means that unlike normal, I would be able to go in civilian dress. But on this particular day, it was no civilian dress. It was no regular clothes, no blue jeans and hoodies or sweatshirts and what have you. I was in the regular uniform. And I was driving in the city limits from the district, from the lakefront all the way over to suburb called Cicero. And I would start anywhere from 18th Street and can go out to 111th Street. That's basically what my district area was. And it was a long ride no matter where we went to go. But on this particular day, I was visiting one of the schools. And I love my high school stories because It really means that there are things and points that you should always be able to tell your children or your nieces and your nephews or even whatever you may call them, whoever is significant to your life. Might as well tell them about a story. I was driving from the east side of Chicago around the 51st Street area, High Park area, and I'm coming from that area driving west. I stop at one of the nice little high schools that are there that normally doesn't have the problems other schools have. I go and I talk with some friends of mine, and then all of a sudden, this kid comes off the street, and he is wielding a gun inside of a high school. It shocked the officers there and me, of course, because this is not one of the schools, because it is an open campus, that you ever have to worry about this particular problem. This school did not have metal detectors, but they have them now. But they didn't have them at this point in time because the children of this particular preppy school were able to come in and out because they had privileges. Well, when the kid ran into the building with the school, we thought it was only a handgun. And it turned out to be an M16, which is basically a gun that can shoot 30 rounds in three seconds. They called them street sweepers because you can add more rounds, but they were able to spit out at least 30 rounds a second. A few of them can spit out 50 rounds per three seconds, and that's a lot of bullets in three seconds. I saw the kid, and I began to run after him. As I'm running after him, you know, coming out one of the doors of the school, we start on a seven-block run. And it's amazing to me how... You have to have an exercise program before you got to go to jail. I don't understand why. You know the police are going to catch you. Why do you feel that you need to have exercise before you get to go to jail? Does it make you feel any better if you have to run and get caught first? 
I'm running after this guy who has already been shooting at my partner and I. And it's making us nervous, but we're determined. As he's running down the street, we jump into the squad car to follow him. Because of his youth, he was able to outrun us a little bit. But we found out that he cannot outrun an automobile. That was a nice thing to know because he's spending energy trying to run out an automobile. It was one of the funniest things that you can ever see. Because we can go back and up and down the streets. We have our lights on. We have a siren on. And we will use it to our advantage in order to catch a criminal. Yes, we do use it. So this guy runs south of 51st Street or High Park Boulevard. He runs down Harper. He runs down Harper to 52nd Street and then he begins to run west. We're running or driving west. He's running west. And he gets to the street called Dorchester. And he was able to double back on us. And we were, because of cars that were following us, decided to block us in. So I jumped out of the car. I forgot to tell you I was the driver. In being the driver of the car at that particular time, it was a little difficult to want to jump out the car and go after somebody. But I did jump out the car. Luckily, my partner was smart enough to notice that I did not put the car into drive, so he was able to start the car. Now, I'm running down the street because I'm angry now that this kid has shot at me, and I'm angrier that he's making us chase him. Now, even though the chase was in a car, but he's still making us chase him. So I get out the car on 52nd Street and Kimbark. And he's running south toward 53rd Street. Now, you can hear me requesting him to stop, telling him over and over again, you need to stop. Just stop. Put the gun down and stop. He turns towards me, fires two more shots, then throws the gun down on the ground, lays on the ground and says, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. The police are trying to beat me. Don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. Now, mind you. He had already shot at us in front of the school. He already shot us at the car while we were chasing him. He shot at us, or me, as I got out of the car. And then he says the police were trying to beat him. Now, of course, I'm angry. I'm walking back and forth as I have him down, pointing my weapon toward him, because I still don't know if he has another weapon. But I'm walking, and I'm looking like a cat, walking back and forth for about to get his kill, about to get this particular prey. I'm nervous. I am upset. But I know that I cannot touch him in any bad manner because people will look on the street and don't understand his actions. They'll see my actions. It's like watching a football game. You don't see what the first person did, but you can see clearly what the second person did because the first person is wise enough to call the attention to everyone else. But I was able to put him in handcuffs and this was one incident that he got away with. This was one time. Now, I got him to court and while we were sent up in court, the guy had five prior gun charges on him. And it was amazing to me because I didn't understand after the first time you had this charge, why didn't they keep you in jail? The second time, they did not keep you. The third time, they did not keep you. The fourth time, they did not keep you. And now comes the fifth time. So I'm knowing after five times of being on the street, being out there shooting at someone, 
including being the police, that I know for sure that you're going to get a long sentence. The judge, to my surprise, gave him one year, one year in jail and six months outside of jail, six months probation. I didn't understand that. We look so many times at what police officers do, but we're not paying attention to the court system. The court system says that it's overcrowded and we can't keep them in there like that. I happen to disagree being a police officer. I think if you keep someone in long enough, that will deter them from going out there and doing it again. One year worth of shooting at someone is a temporary vacation. That's all that is. It's just a temporary vacation. It's not something that's going to deter the crime. If you gave him the full 15 years, I can guarantee you when he came out, he would not want to go back for another 15 years. When the sentencing does not fit the crime, is the problem that we have. They will take someone who is a user of drugs, not necessarily selling drugs, but the user of drugs, they will give them a minimum of three years if they catch them. But a gun case, they will give them a year. It makes no sense to me. I know that, that drugs are very, very bad, and I'm not saying that they are not. I'm just saying that it would be nice to have correct sentencing for the crime. If you're going to kill somebody and you're using a weapon, not a drug, then it's a problem. When you, your sentence is very, very low. When you look at what robberies are, any, any charge with guns, it should be a bare minimum of 10 to 15 years. So that way you don't have as many on the streets. I love how people look at folks and say these guns are out here and these guns are coming in from everywhere and every day. First of all, the people who buy guns can afford them. If you've ever tried to go into a store and actually buy a gun, you're paying four or $500. In the ghettos, people don't have that money. Inside a really poor area, they don't have that money. So how are they getting it? Somebody is renting guns to our youth. Renting guns to our youth. And you know that they are. They buy one gun use the money that they've had for selling drugs, and then they rent those guns out. That's how come the guns are on the street big and bad. It's not the seller, it's the renter. If you're not paying attention who is renting these guns, how you'll ever catch all the ones that are actually out there. If you're going to give them sentencing when you catch them, catch them with something and make sure that there's truth in sentencing. So as you go out real soon to these polls and you're looking at whoever is supposed to be in government for you, your elected official, if they're not on the sides of being able to raise gun charges, you may look at the, the Constitution of the United States and state that, yes, you have a right to carry it, but you don't have the right to give it to anyone else. Most of the people who buy guns buy them for protection. They don't buy them to go out and hurt someone. That's the purpose. You all always have those who buy guns for the intention on somebody being killed. But most of them are buying for protection or sport. So don't get it confused. I'm not on the side of left or right. But I do want you to understand that if they're going to do it, do it right. Make sure that your elected officials are on your side of gun issues. Until the next time with Unlimited Boundaries, Officer B... 
I appreciate you coming along with me. I appreciate your comments. I look forward to them. I look forward to you also sharing. And please share share this with someone. Leave me a comment. Let me know what you're thinking and how you feel. I so appreciate you. So again, from Unlimited Boundaries, Officer B with your host, Lester Bailey. I appreciate you coming along and listening. Thank you very much. You are brilliant. Have a fantastic day and bye-bye for now.